You're listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast focused on Germany, the United States, and the transatlantic relationship. Join us as we discuss economics, trade and technology, politics, security, and a lot more. I'm Jeff Rathke, president of the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Zeitgeist podcast of the American German Institute. Uh, we're coming to you today from Arlington National Cemetery on a beautiful uh, autumn day. Uh, actually, it's the Day of German Unity, the Tag der Einheit, which is especially fitting uh, given our guest today. Uh, we'll be speaking with Dr. Eva Hügel. Uh, who's the German Bundestag's Parliamentary Commissioner for the Armed Forces, a position that she's had since May of 2020. Uh, from 2009 until 2020, she was a member of the Bundestag, elected directly to represent the constituency of Berlin-Mitte. Um, also from 2013 until 2020, she was the Deputy Chairwoman of the SPD Parliamentary Group responsible for internal affairs and legal affairs. Uh, she was born in Niedersachsen, Lower Saxony, and studied law at universities in Osnabrück and Leiden in the Netherlands. And she got a doctorate in European Labor and Social Law in 1997. Uh, from 1999 to 2009, she worked in the Federal Ministry of Labor and Social Affairs, uh, most recently as the head of the European Employment and Social Policy Officer for European Affairs Division. With us also is an old friend of the American German Institute, Dr. Stephen Zabo, uh, who is a senior fellow at AGI. Uh, he's also been an adjunct professor at Georgetown University, the executive director of the Transatlantic Academy, uh, the German Marshall Fund. He was interim dean and associate dean for academic affairs and taught European studies at SAIS at Johns Hopkins uh, University. He also was a professor of national security at the National War College and actually served as a line officer in the U.S. Navy from 1968 to 1972. He got his Ph.D. from Georgetown University. Uh, uh, he was a fellow with the Alexander von Humboldt Stiftung, the Institute for Human Sciences in Vienna, the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars, and the American Academy in Berlin. And he was also research, research director at AICGS, of course, what the American, American German Institute used to be called until earlier this year. Um, and so today we're going to be do talking with um, Dr. Hügel. So I will um, start with um, some basic questions. Uh, Dr. Hügel, maybe you could explain to our listeners uh, what the role of the Bundestag's Parliamentary Commissioner for the Armed Forces is, because I believe there's also an ombudsman kind of aspect to what you're doing as well. So, you know, please tell us about your work. Thank you very much for the invitation to talk to you. It's really an honor and pleasure to have the opportunity to explain a little uh, on the uh, role of the German Parliamentary Commissioner uh, for the armed forces. So first of all, I work for the parliament, which is very important to point out. So I assist the uh, members of parliament um, in their oversight over the troops. So um, we have a um, parliamentary uh, uh, Bundeswehr, so our armed forces are controlled by the parliament, which is very important. So I assist the parliamentarians. So what do I do exactly? First of all, I am elected by the parliament, so my term is five years. I have a staff uh, of uh, 65 uh, colleagues um, who help me to um, 
um, yes, to, to uh, deal with my task. And um, my work is split into two main areas. The first is I get, and this is an extraordinary right of our servicemen and women, I get individual submissions by the soldiers. So every single soldier can write to me complaining about a certain issue. Uh, his or her career, the circumstances, housing, uh, whatever. So, and then I, uh, uh, when I get this submission, I work on this submission. I try to engage other people to to comment on this, and then I try to find a solution and give the uh, the soldier an answer. This is one thing. So last year I got two thousand three hundred forty-three of these individual submissions. This is one part of my work. The second part of my work, and this is one of the reasons why I'm here in the United States, I do field visits. So I go um, in Germany and abroad to see German soldiers, talk to them, listen to them, and uh, um, uh, take over how they are doing, what their complaints are, and also to look around the barracks to see how the circumstances are, uh, what what um, their task is, how how do they do? So um, these field visits are very important. Last year I did 70 field visits in Germany and abroad, and I spent more than 100 days with our troops. And then let me end with I attend all meetings in the Parliament, which are relevant for uh, defense policy and uh, and. Um, 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 so, so questions around our armed forces. So I attend the plenary meetings. I have a special seat in the German Bundestag where only I can sit and listen to the debates there. And I also attend the Committee of Defense of the Parliament. Wow. If I could just have one um, quick follow-up question before handing the mic over to, to Steve. So that's that's Quite a lot, of, quite a lot of work. Over two thousand three hundred submissions. You said that you got from soldiers. So, just out of curiosity, um, I would think there's probably some trends or some patterns in uh, what folks are, are talking to you about. Uh, what would be the biggest issues that you hear about from the troops? The biggest issue um, that comes through a submission is uh, about personal things. So, the career, um, the family housing and all these individual things. And then you have kind of trends. For instance, I started my work in 2020 with the pandemic. So in this year, I got around 500 submissions on all questions around the pandemic. So mask, uh, hygienic uh, standards, yeah, um, and all this later on, vac uh, vac uh, vaccination and all this. So you have kind of trends. The end of the Afghanistan uh, mission, the deployment. So uh, um, soldiers um, told me things around this. Yeah. So you have kind of trends, but in general, it's more personal things. All right, Steve. Yeah, thank you. I think uh, I wanted to follow up on that because obviously one of the biggest uh, costs for the defense budget is pers our personnel costs. And there have been a lot of criticism that too much is being spent on personnel and not enough on procurement. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and um, whether you think, I mean, I saw that the goal is to get the enlistments up to, ha to have 203,000 soldiers by 2031, but there's been an 11% drop in enlistments in the last year. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how do you balance procurement and uh, the personnel costs? Yes. 
Um, we have three major issues in the armed forces in Germany, which is uh, material procurement, as you said before, then personnel and also infrastructure, so the, um, uh, the barracks. Yeah. Mm. If I look at personnel, I think this is the most important issue yeah, to talk about. So... Um, since we do not have any longer conscripts, yeah, we we are we have to be very much uh, focused on how to recruit people, and it's getting more and more complicated mm -hmm. because we have a very um, we have a wide range of uh, options that young people have, yeah, and um, it's it's a hard decision to you know decide to become a soldier, yeah, it's it's. It's not a normal job, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard work for the uh, armed forces to convince people and to advocate for becoming a soldier. So last year, in comparison with the year before, so in comparison 2021 to 2022, we had 11% uh, minor applicants uh, um, for the armed forces, which causes uh, really problems. Yeah. So. Um, we are right now thinking uh, about um, better um, better advertisement. Do you say advertisement? Mm -hmm. Ad yeah, advertisement. Mm -hmm. uh, explain more what does it mean to become a soldier. And also um, what I focus on is to improve the circumstances. Yeah, So our soldiers should, should have everything they need to fulfill their task. Yeah, And if this is not the case, it's not attractive to enter the armed forces, Yeah, to, mm -hmm. to decide for the armed forces. So personnel is one of the biggest problems we have. Yeah? Right now we have 181,000 servicemen and women mm -hmm. and uh, our plan to raise it up to more than 200,000 I don't think that this is uh, uh, realistic to reach it by mm -hmm. the year of 2030 Do you think uh, yeah do you think that public opinion is changing toward the military since the Ukraine war I mean do you find as we know that Germans have been let's say I wouldn't say they're not pacifists but they've certainly been skeptical of the military uh, do you see any changes in that in public opinion or, uh, that might make it a little bit easier to start to recruit people for the military? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to talk about this, this because it is because of the brutal war in Ukraine, mm -hmm. but it changed everything. It changed the 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 attention that uh, the German society gives to soldiers and the armed forces in general. And um, it's, you know, a lot of people now know why we have a Bundeswehr and why we need that. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And if you look at, you know, our multinational, um, 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 yeah, you know, if you look at European Union and also NATO, you see that it strengthens also the multinational um, exchange. Yeah? So mm -hmm. um, um, soldiers... In Germany, are now seen more positive than before the war in Ukraine, and they get more support and more attention, which is good for the soldiers. Mm -hmm. And I personally hope that if we have, or when we have peace in Ukraine, that attention and that support will last longer because we need it. Our soldiers need a strong support by the German public. What is your assessment so far of how, how the government's been doing on the Zeitenwende in terms of the spending? Uh, I know you've been very critical, and also your predecessor, and rightly so, of the state of the readiness or lack of readiness in the Bundeswehr. Uh, so I just wondered what you think about how they're doing and what you think the priorities ought to be uh, in terms of uh, procurement and readiness. 
the councillor had a um, um, had a very important speech on uh, February twenty seventh in two thousand twenty two, saying that it is about to reach full readiness for the German armed forces, and therefore he announced this extra budget of which is a large amount of money, hundred billion euro. And it's now, and this is part of my work, to look uh, when and uh, for what this uh, um, amount of money uh, reaches the troops. Yeah, so, so so that uh, this money is spent for for things our soldiers need to reach fully full readiness. Yeah, and it's um, to be honest. It takes too long to, you know, spend this money mm -hmm. and to to uh, have the impression that our soldiers benefit from this money. So my 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 issue is time. So I um, advocate for speeding it up. Has there been any changes in this regard? I mean, there's been, a, as you said, a lot of criticism about how the the defense ministry procures weapons. It takes forever. Very bureaucratic. Has there been any any ref any uh, movement to to move things up now or speed things up? Did you see anything? Yes, there are there are movements and mm -hmm. there are also already improvements. Yeah, so um, the German Bundestag, the Parliament, and also the administration, they cha changed laws and regulations and all this around to speed up with procurement. So um, the uh, procedures. Um, should be now easier and quicker. So I hope this will this will uh, this will work. And also, it, it's a question on um, on the the attitude. Is attitude the right word? The mentality. So everyone should know what Zeitenwende means. Yeah, not only the soldiers, not only the the um, the ministry and the parliament, but also all civilians working for the armed troops should know what it means to that. Things should be uh, changed. This means Seitenwende. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a very uh, difficult political environment, I would think, for defense spending even in the future, given the fact that I was looking at the numbers. I if you wanted to get the 2% goal, which I think is still the official position, uh, the, the defense budget would have to take up 20% of the federal budget. And, of course, you're going up against a lot of other ministries that also want to have that money. It's a very tough time economically now for Germany, especially with the war and the energy costs and, and all of that. Um, so do, do you th how do you see the politics of this playing? Do you think you have – and also the last point is that you have a three-party government, which is very different. And it's probably going to be like that for a while. Like it's hard to see going back to the good old days of one, or two, you know, one party and one small party. So – uh, is the political system capable of sustaining over the long haul a commitment to to defense in germany there's no doubt about the 2% goal so this is very clear and the mm -hmm. chancellor made it again and again very clear and also the um, finance minister and all all the others so it's for the uh, coalition it's clear to reach the 2% goal and um, the decision in Germany was to um, um, take the 100 billion extra budget to reach the 2% goal. And after that, if this has been uh, spended, um, then there should be a debate how to, you know, um, uh, reach the 2% goal with a regular budget on defense. Yeah? So... 
We are right now at this moment uh, about to negotiate the budget in the parliament and uh, it's a very critical point at the moment. And as commissioner, um, parliamentary commissioner for the armed forces, I say it's necessary to have enough money for our armed forces so that they have everything they need to fulfill their task. So getting back to um, what you do in your job, you really emphasized before reaching out to the soldiers, the field visits and everything like that. But then you also mentioned that you attend all relevant parliamentary meetings and committee hearings and stuff like that. So I get the impression that you're kind of the, the liaison between the armed forces and the parliament. Um, but what I wanted to ask you was, uh, do you ever find that there's a tension between what you're hearing from members of the Bundeswehr and what you're hearing from members of parliament? And if so, what would those tensions be over? I mean, does the army say we need this and parliament says, no, we need you to do this? I mean, are are there those kind of tensions? Uh, let me just thinking, but I don't see any tensions. But what I, I wouldn't call it tension, but what makes it complicated is that the army needs more than the parliament could, you know, give, or it need uh, the army, the armed forces need it quicker than the parliament could give it. So it's up to the parliament to set up a, 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 a budget, yeah, and it takes years then to, you know, buy all the things they need or uh, renovate the barracks or, or all this stuff. So. Um, it's it's again about time and uh, it should be quicker and easier yeah but tensions i wouldn't say that there are any tensions no and it's very important to you know my my role is exactly to to tell the parla uh, the members of parliament what the army needs and vice versa to advocate for what the decisions in the parliament are to you know explain to the soldiers what what's what's going on in berlin you know, talking about the Zeitenwende again, and I really like the point that you made about everybody needs to understand what Zeitenwende means. Um, do you think that everybody in the parliament understands what Zeitenwende means? I mean, do you think that there is widespread support for yours and others' efforts to give the army what it needs? Yes, it is. If you look at the coalition, so Social Democratic Party, the Greens, the Liberals, and then also the biggest party of the opposition, so the Christian Democrats. Um, we have a, a, let me say, large majority for all questions around um, defense, um, 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 uh, uh, security and all these questions. So I think it is very good to have a large majority in the German parliament if it comes to the German armed forces, which is good for our soldiers. And I think these questions are not questions that should be you know, under discussion and under negotiation between uh, the coalition and the opposition. And I think this is, this is good. So we have a, we have a majority on, on the relevant questions and also on what, what Zeitenwende does mean for our soldiers. I'd like to ask you just briefly about the German defense industrial capacity. There was an article actually in the New York Times today about how Ryan Mattel wants to build a new plant in eastern Germany mm -hmm. and all the opposition that from the local people. But uh, do you see that German capability, industrial capability, can be converted pretty quickly to or enhanced 
to deal with these massive new demands uh, for defense uh, equipment? Let me answer, I hope so. Mm. Um, this mm. is important. I mean, we decided to buy um, a, a lot from the Americans, yeah, which is a good decision. I absolutely support, yeah, mm -hmm. because we have to be quick. Yeah. But also we have to have in mind that it's necessary for all of us for all of us into NATO and, and uh, all these multinational um, um, circumstances to have a strong German, also German or European uh, defense industry. So it's very good that they, um, they get, you know, um, they get um, um, security on planning so they, they know what mm -hmm. the German government will spend right. and so on. Yeah. So it's important that they build up plans and so on. And uh, I think it's good to strengthen Uh, all defense industry because yeah. there's a lot to do and there will be a lot to do in the next few years. What would be your realistic assessment of when you think the Bundeswehr can be somewhat to the level of where you'd like it to be? How many years? Because it's not going to happen overnight, yeah, obviously. This has been going on. I looked at the Bundeswehr in 1989. I think at that point, Germany was spending 3% of its GDP on defense. Mm, yes. The Bundeswehr over 400,000. Yeah. It was very well regarded by the American military. So Certainly we know Germans are capable of it, but it takes time. So how long do you think it will take? I will hope that we can say, let, let me say in the year 2030, mm -hmm. that we are full ready. Mm -hmm. I think this could be realistic, but that also should be the goal to reach this uh, being fully re uh, ready. Mm. Maybe one last question for me would just be on the, I, the need to educate people in Germany about defense. Uh, there, as, as I know, compared to France and the UK, there's a very small strategic community. It's growing in Germany. It's think tanks, and but clearly, in in, in universities and in schools, it, nobody talks very much about defense. At least not until recently. Uh, do you see a need to uh, for public education to sort of make people aware that this is not militarism, but this is just defending, you know, defending your country? I thank you very much for this question because I think there is a need and I advocate for having it at school um, to be part of the education to talk about um, war and peace and the role of our armed forces, NATO, EU, everything, our bilateral cooperation, what the role of a soldier is and so on. And I think it should be part of the education, not advocating for becoming a soldier. It's right. not like this, but having right. debates on all this, what I mentioned. Yeah? And I'm very much engaged in uh, pointing this out, mm -hmm. that uh, I think it should be start, uh, it should start at school. Our time is running out, but I did have one more question, and I wish Steve would have had uh, the opportunity to pose that question last because mine's maybe a little bit more difficult. But I know that armed forces around the world have internal struggles, um, you know, especially with women and men, members of the LGBTQ plus community in armed forces today. That, that That's caused some problems. There have been incidences of harassment assault, etc. Um, likewise, many armed forces have to battle extremism, especially right-wing extremism. So I'm wondering how often those difficult things come up in your work and what your role could be or is in trying to address those, those uh, challenges. 
Thank you very much for this uh, question. These are very important issues. So I focus very much on all questions around her sexual harassment, extremism, right-wing extremism is a problem. And uh, I follow all these cases. And I have three points. First of all, all cases should be, you know, um, um, investigated very, very uh, seriously and uh, very quickly also. Yeah, so um, this is. And then you have to focus on pre prevention that you take care that this uh, is not the the, the that um, it should not take place in the armed forces yeah and um, I, I would like to add that uh, Germany is working on new regulations and new laws on exactly this to prevent armed forces for these cases. We right now the the uh, German ministry has announced a new regulation on all sexual questions, so sexual behavior, sexual harassment, and all this. And right-wing extremism is really one uh, point of the uh, top of our agenda to fight against in the armed forces. On that follow up on that, it's a very good point. This whole issue of the citizen in uniform, the interfering that yeah. used to be the case when you had conscription, uh, so you had a more sort of flow of a lot of different kinds of people and democratic checks. Do you f see any discussion coming in the future about returning to some form of national service? I advocate for this uh, because I think it was not the best idea to stop with conscripts. Yeah, although we had problems uh, whom to you know ask and and so on. And I would say in, in the future we should have men and women, uh, not no distinction between this. And our president uh, Frank Walter Steinmeier, he uh, always uh, um, says and and. and um, as debates on this, that it would be a good idea to have sort of a one year for the society, not only in the armed forces, but with, you know, environment, culture, whatever, you social issues and so on. And I think it's a good idea to have every young man or woman uh, spending one year for the society. And it I think the armed forces would benefit from this. So I'm, my position is very clear. I would say, yes, that would help and it would be a good idea. Well, that's a great point to kind of end on. Uh, so uh, we've had a wonderful conversation. I extend um, my deep gratitude to Dr. Hegel and Dr. Zabo for taking the time, time to speak with us on the Zeitgeist podcast today. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Zeitgeist, a podcast produced by the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. You may know us under our old name, the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies. Send us your feedback by email at info at AICGS.org or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we have new handles at A-M-G-E-R-I-N-S-T. And also please visit our website at AmericanGerman.Institute, formerly AICGS, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Thanks. Thanks.